bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us. As they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table, the story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Hello, this is Johnny, welcoming you back to our new uh, commentary episode. I normally play Chime North. This is Jeff, I normally play Jerry Land. This is Jeremy, I'm playing Dreads. <laughs> uh, Julian Elix. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Aaron, I typically play Sam Falou. And this is Jordan, and I am the GM. I have to say, at the start of every new campaign, I have the names from the last campaign stuck in my head still. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to, I look at Aaron, and I'm like, okay, so Brother Benedict, what's going on? <laughs> I think you did that once at this this one. He was like, so Digby, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was like literally, I couldn't stop it from coming out of my mouth. It's like it's Julian. But Digby, <laughs> Demetrius, no, Jerland, Willis, Will, Will? yes, Willis. Yeah. I, I and I had that problem in in Angel's Guard too. Like I yeah. wanted to call you guys by your characteristics, so we might have to yeah, go back to those names creep in today. Yeah, Frederick, Frederick Arlings, <laughs> which is what I had to say that one night because I could not say my own name. <laughs> so. I've got to watch some more spy thrillers, some movie like some Cold War spy movies, like uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Spies um, like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the thing is, I, I want to start trying to incorporate some of that into the feel of the game, mm-hmm. some some of the high intrigue and everything like that. So that's one reason why for Katari, I gave you a like a post office box for a, a dead drop. Yeah. You know, yeah. and stuff like that. Because I wanted to try and work that in. And also the meeting at the train station. Yeah, those those two elements I thought were mm-hmm. very good. Like the scene. Yeah. yeah. The scenery well, of those two. And the meeting were, in the park, yeah. Mm-hmm. Were very good. Well, yeah, the meeting in the park, too. Yeah. Were, I think, three very different information gathering scenes mm-hmm. in that kind of... Well, have Story. you ever been to the uh, International Spy Museum? Oh, yeah. I have not. No. I've been... The, those types of things are actual yeah. things. Oh. Yeah. That's why they're tropes, is because yes. they're actually real? Yes. Yeah. Huh. I was there, I think for my, oh gosh, 21st birthday, when Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy came out. That movie came out. Okay. Yeah, so I've so been 2003. Yeah. Never watched that movie. Yeah, me neither. Confession. I went to the International Spy Museum, and then I want, went to watch Hitchhiker's Guide to, to, Gal- to the Galaxy, which was a pretty good nerd weekend. Uh, if you're ever in D.C., it's a great place to visit. I yeah. almost did with my nephew. It might not be a bad idea for a bone thrower's field trip. Anyway, we're all really low energy tonight, so... Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, except for Jeremy. But except Jeremy for Jeremy. never sleeps, so... <laughs> I should be low energy because I haven't been sleeping, but... I'm... You never sleep. I have been sleeping less than I normally do. I saw you post so some one hour instead of two. Yeah. <laughs> I got an hour and a half on Wednesday night, and then I doubled that on Thursday night. How do you function? He's always been like that. Yeah. Huh. 
his entire life. There's actually yeah. been studies that about how <laughs> genetic ma- makeup actually affects how much sleep you yeah. need. Certain people don't need that much sleep. That's crazy. I'm not one of those people. I'm not one no, of those people either. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like... There's one of them in every group. <laughs> on Thursday, I went to look up some of the stuff in, in the Bone Thrower's Dropbox. And I look at it, and the time that he had been posting stuff in the Dropbox, 2.15 in the morning <laughs> on a weekday. And I'm yeah. like, oh my lord, how do you do it? And also, you're the f- most physically active out of all of us right now, too. Maybe that actually <laughs> is part of the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly. (laughs) When I was more active, I was able to stay up and get up. I could survive on four instead of ten. Yeah. (laughs) So next time on Health Facts Theater. (laughs) We're going to discuss the importance of a healthy diet. Which we don't have at Bone Towers. (laughs) No, well, that's a good segue right into snacks. Do we want to hit snacks right away? Before we talk about the points first, and then we'll talk about play. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So snacks. We had a lot of good stuff there. Um, We had from Jeff, we had a... uh, Handy snack snack packs. Yeah. Some pudding packs, uh, six vanilla and six chocolate. I had one of each. They were tasty. From Jeremy, we had a banging homemade salad. I think that was salsa. 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 Yes, salsa. (laughs) Words. Tomato salad. Tomato salad. Tostitos. With with Tostitos. Hint of lime. lime. I love lime flavored tortilla chips. Yeah, me too. That's why I got them. And then Johnny made chip beef gravy with big flaky biscuits. Mm. That was our dinner. It was good. I think that might also be one reason why some of us are a little low energy. <laughs> I was on a, I was on a low carb diet until very recently, so I eat some bread and I just automatically start feeling sleepy. <laughs> and then Aaron, not one of the characters. I was about to say your name, and, uh, not uh, Sam. And then Sam <laughs> brought poison for everyone. <laughs> Apple pie. Apple pie. It was really good. Made by my wife. Yes. Yeah. It was very tasty, very crisp, crisp, tart apples. My my compliments to the chef. (laughs) I will make sure to. It's my kind of apple pie. Have her listen to this. Yes. Who had best snack? That salsa was really good. I know. I mean, I... I, My choice is either cream to beef or the salsa. That's that's where mine stands. I'm like, that salsa... I mean, the salsa got destroyed, like, first episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, even before we started recording, yeah. it was already halfway gone. <laughs> yes. It's literally hovering over the dish of salsa. <laughs> yeah. My vote's on the salsa. My vote's for the pie. It hit the spot. Johnny and Jeremy. Yes, I said both of your names. Uh, <laughs> no, Venkman. Venkman <laughs> today. Johnny's wearing his Ghostbusters. Venkman. <laughs> Venkman. <laughs> so we've got salsa and we've got pie on the, on the vo- ballot so far. Or Palsa. You mix the two. Oh. <laughs> no, those no. two wouldn't mix. We tr- okay, we tried to mix the pie pudding, and yeah. the pudding, which you, normally you would think, oh, yeah, that's great, but the pudding it didn't work. apple pie. It just didn't work. The yeah. the apples were a little bit too tart to mix well with the very sweet I didn't actually pudding. do that because I don't, I don't like sweet things to be overly sweet. I like a, a mellower sweetness. Well, it was just weird because you put both in your mouth and you can only taste one at a time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's make this easy. I'm going to vote for the salsa. So two for the salsa. So unless you vote for pie. I'm actually going to going to do that vote for pie. 
as soon as Aaron said apple pie, I was like, yes, immediately. <laughs> yeah, I love apple pie because I love apple pie. So yeah. So Jordan, tiebreaker. I hate you guys. So salsa or pie? Uh, even or not. Elizabeth, if you're <laughs> listening, I'm sorry. I didn't think the apples were cooked well enough. You were oh, right. Man. It should have stayed in longer. Now I thought it was perfect. Now I thought it was perfect too. Definitely not going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm a savory guy over a sweets guy, so I'm going to go with the salsa. Ah, sweet. Savory, sorry. Savory. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it had been swinging more that way, I would have definitely voted for the biscuits and gravy because I love biscuits and gravy. Yeah. As a boy from a southern family, biscuits and gravy are like, yeah. So. Since we jumped the points. Yeah. Uh, how many are we getting? Uh, you're getting, everybody gets 10. Oh, yeah. Delicious, delicious character. You guys have to spend your character points in this one to survive, as we found out. And right. Jeff found out. Yes. yes. Um, all right, so, best role play. I'm voting for Jer. Yeah. Yeah. He stayed in character. He definitely, <laughs> definitely stayed in character. And he stayed in character. <laughs> all right. <laughs> But character advancement, I, I would say Jeremy. Yeah, Julian had best character advancement. Say yeah, because so. he was a little, he was very more assertive about yeah. that. This needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. You, you get closer he got to your goal. Fed team. up with with this whole. Whoa! You got information about where your daughter is, and we sort of we sort of well that happened last last session. But we sort I sort of talked about this with Jordan in between. It was like a day after our last session. I was like. I realized what Julian would actually do. I sent him a message like, hey, just a heads up so you know to plan for something. Julian is going to seek out the person who hired him. Yeah. Because knowing that now his personal case is connected with what he was hired for, uh-huh. he would want to know why, and we, this came out in play, why he was chosen. Yeah. yeah. Who is he actually working for and goes along with a lot of the conspiracy theory type things is that the people that get you to do something actually have a, their own agenda and right. they picked you out for a particular reason. And I, honestly, the reason that I, that seems easy to me and falls into my philosophy of being a lazy GM is, um, <laughs> no, literally I follow a book called the lazy DM. That's, that's like my Bible when it comes to how to run a game. It was like, well, they picked him because of his skill, his particular skill separating proxies from elementals from their humans that's a big skill so you're saying that that the innate ability is what why he was chosen right and may not necessarily because his daughter's wrapped up in it might not be but i think there was a reason why the daughter was chosen for her particular role but we're not going to go into that at this point well yeah (laughs) because if it is in line with any of julian's theories that is a particular troublesome elemental. Maybe. All fire elementals are trouble <laughs> elementals. I mean, she was bonded with the troublesome <laughs> elemental. So, I mean. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I, like, I think you meant that wrong. as a joke, but... <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yes. All fire elementals are trouble elementals. Are they? Yes. Okay. Yes, they are. <laughs> Thus says Chime North. Yeah, Chime, your brother Choler. We were actually we were oh, talking about gosh. the relationship between Chime and Choler uh, in between episodes. And I actually I I kind of apologized to you for coming oh. on so strong. No, it was, 
it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm very good at separating game from reality. Right, right, right. But how to put this in a polite way. I know that you've had some family issues with siblings. Oh, yes. So I'm sorry, Jeff, that I'm talking about you right here. <laughs> in your own house. I'm fine. <laughs> But but in all seriousness, oh yeah, like we've mm-hmm. we've there's always family members who act in a certain way that make you uncomfortable, and and then they deny it, and uh, so I was trying to play off of that dynamic. Yep. Go as far as you want. No, oh, the worst that could happen is that you know my character commits suicide. Oh, which <laughs> dark. Yeah. I think that this game has the potential to be very dark, no matter what. Oh no, no, there's no, there's no dark. Our game's dark. <laughs> well, I think no. So far, there's no shadow in this. So far, I think we are setting this up to be even darker than anything else we've done. Main before. campaigns, anyways. Well, main camp, yeah, not as dark as the bad cops, bad cops which. I don't think we've ever released that. We did not release because it, it was, was it was very dark. It was really it was dark. Oh, I think you, we're, yeah. we're a PG thirteen podcast, and that was definitely pushing the R. That, that was pushing okay. a very, hard R. Yeah, yeah. That, and NC seventeen. That made Deadpool look pretty. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I just watched that recently. <laughs> it was it was a good movie. film. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I had not seen it before. But and I'm not just referring to Sam killing somebody every. <laughs> Every fifth, fifth episode, <laughs> <laughs> but just the the environment that we have set up, the level yeah. of corruption, the level of deviousness, the level of just militaristic, government. Mil- militaristic, and just straight up awful things that humans are doing to other humans. Yeah, as far I mean, I and it was a funny joke at the time. What Jordan was like. Yeah, my what did you call it? My uh, something officer, the, uh, my indoctrination uh, officer. Yeah, indoctrination. <laughs> that was not meant as a joke. I know. I know. Well, <laughs> I know it was not meant as a joke, but it's like as a joke because it's like, oh my gosh, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So I could tell when you because you laughed, you laughed really hard at that, and I could tell that it was the laugh of, oh no, this is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, well, it's not, oh, no, no, this is uncomfortable. It's sort of like, oh, no, this is this bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah. of thing. And we had some of those other moments in the podcast this session, too, where it was where I was one always wondering how Abel and Aelin, why are they responding to Choler mm-hmm. as, like, their own father? Yeah. And when you had Aelin come into the room, it was like, hey, Daddy, this and that. It was like... Dude, these kids are brainwashed. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Brainwashed is hard. Like, as dark as we have painted the council. Yeah. They're the fire drakes that want to overthrow the council, but they're doing things like brainwashing children. Children. Yes. And to meet that, that goal. Because they think that their goal is better than the current system. That's, <laughs> that is pretty dark. That's pretty dark. Thank you. <laughs> So far as a campaign, this is probably the most yeah. dark as far as corruption and. I mean, let's let's look back at our inspirations. We <laughs> we were using elementals from from Jim Butcher's Codex Alera. We were using warlocks versus demons in the series that I was talking about, uh, the Milkweed Cryptic. We were talking about Heroes. really dark hero like 
Yeah. You look at some of the yeah. timelines heroes, on Heroes, yeah. that show gets really fairly dark. Yeah. You know, and then Blade Runner. Yeah. You know, also. we're in the Powder Mage series. That, all, that's all a, of our all of our inspiration was dark very, literature. Yeah. Yeah. It's really <laughs> like in the Powder Mage trilogy, you in the first book you have a, a priest who is willing to basically commit all sorts of hedonistic crimes for his own advancement. You know, there's there's like some really dark yeah. stuff. Yeah, probably the least dark of all of them was the uh, the Jim Butcher series. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which you know, looking at his other main series, the Dresden Files, that's very dark. So he, you know, he's a dark writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not looking at happy go lucky. I mean, I kind of want for our. I always am looking forward to next campaign. I, I can't help it. That's the GM <laughs> curse, well, right? Yes. Um. So like. We, when I watched Incredibles 2, I'm like, I want to make a superhero game like this. You know, very bright, very very exciting characters. Um, kind of like this 1950s throwback feel to it. That is funny that you say that because I also saw Incredibles 2 and I, we were commenting on it before we started recording. That I thought it was better than the first one. Yeah. But... For almost the exact opposite reason, I thought it was in a way much darker. Oh, it was and much, much darker. more in depth mm. of with the characters. Oh yeah, than especially the screen swiper or the, the screen, screen slaver. slaver. Yeah, screen slaver. Oh, that fight scene. Oh my goodness, that was, that was a good fight. That scene. was excellent. I haven't seen it yet. No, that oh. was a good. Oh fight yeah, scene. You... I'm, all, I'm always one of the killjoys. It's like you know, no, uh, you're talking Avengers. Uh, sorry, I haven't seen it. It's been out for six months. <laughs> No, but Incredibles 2, like, if, if you're going to say Avengers Infinity War versus Incredibles 2, I'm going to go for Incredibles 2 in terms of the flavor that I want in my in my superheroes game. No, um, for a flavor of superheroes game, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but in terms of in terms of this world, what we were pulling our inspiration from, it was dark. It was it was gritty. It was an exploration of the worst side of humanity. And then on top of that, I took those concepts and I put a veneer of probably arguably one of the worst places to live on top of it. And it just became like Detroit. (laughs) Robocops Detroit. Uh, No, New Jersey. (laughs) My wife is from New Jersey. (laughs) Ah, yes. (laughs) It explains a lot, right? Um, But I, I was thinking of North Korea. So like. Oh, that one. Yeah. The so, other Detroit. <laughs> the other Detroit. <laughs> That's actually going to be their tourist sticker. <laughs> come, come visit North Korea. The, the other, other Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> Gosh. We just lost all of any, any Any listeners in Detroit, we just lost you. Sorry. <laughs> I have nothing to do with these people outside of Come back. It was a joke. No, but seriously, like the 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 monuments and the parks, like this mm-hmm. just destroying a, a an abandoned tenement to put up a statue of a commandant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I knew that that's what you were going for. Yeah. So that's why Julian was like, statue of what? Yeah. Like highlighting that he doesn't see the importance for all this. Stuff that the council is doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that's the thing. It's like I watched this uh, documentary called Under the Sun, uh, and it's uh, supposedly about a little girl who joins the children's union. But in reality, 
the whole film was scripted by North Korean handlers who were, they brought in a Russian director and he, he was essentially given a script. And then these handlers controlled the entire film set, but he kept recording in secret. And then he cut together his documentary from the behind the scenes stuff. That's dangerous. It was very dangerous. Like he had to smuggle the film out of the country. Yes. A lot. And in fact, they called him and said, we need you to come back to talk about something. And he refused to go back. They actually went to the Russian government and tried to shut the film down. And the Russian government actually backed him up. That's scary. Yeah. So if you want to see where a lot of the inspiration for like, the look of the hospital like that that I mentioned in in the episode or like the description of the tenement buildings or the um the idea of the statues and the and everything like that it came directly from that movie mm. so you guys how do you think the story is going so far the story is becoming very intriguing to me yes. um yeah. especially to see how everything is working together and one thing we mentioned last time is getting the characters together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that um, actually seems like it's becoming the focus of the season. You know what? Well, in a, in a way. Yeah. In a way. In at least the first half of the season. <laughs> and I sort of like how it is naturally paired up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron even said it. There was a moment where you were thinking that, okay, we can actually probably all get together in the scene, the hospital, one of the hospital scenes with yes. Gaspar. But there was something else that needed to happen first. And so we all have connections to, I guess, the central NPCs or whatever that are right. in there. Yeah. We as player characters have paired up just by happenstance. Sam and Chime, Chime are a little bit more natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, naturally they would have we had a, We had a connection yeah. to begin with. Yeah. yeah. And then... With Jer and Julian, it's... It's more of a... We keep showing up at the same spot. Yeah, we keep showing up at the same spot for different reasons entirely. <laughs> like that hospital scene when he, Julian shows up. It's like, oh, Jerry's here. Look, we're all here again. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> as far as game, campaigns go, like I was telling you in between sessions, like for Chime, it's like right now he's not getting a lot of screen time. But that's okay because everything seems to be focusing on the, a collision right above him. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's setting the stage break loose. for some big conflicts. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Some big. <laughs> and I want to talk for a moment about Katari. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sneaky evil Katari. Possibly. No, it is. I don't know. Yeah, Possibly. Yeah. I mean, this the there are some things that have happened that are like, wait a second. Because when Julian was going to meet, find Katari, I realized it's like, oh, I have no idea what she looks what like. What she looks or, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I asked for the, the description, and I was like, okay. In the back of my mind, would it be interesting if Julian and Katari started to develop a bond mm-hmm. of, of some sort whether that's working relationship or uh a fr- a genuine friendship because we haven't seen julian with any friends friends yet how long is katari's hair it's about shoulder length actually she's katari is physically based off of aubrey plaza oh, okay yeah i've got a picture your your uh, your initial description i was picturing scully and so uh, <laughs> i kind of was too so that i was like that would be awesome yes <laughs> When you said that, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't Shoulder think of that. Legs, brown hair, red highlights. 
Okay. Young Mulder and Scully. Like, I see it. I can definitely see this. All right. Anyway, I was thinking, okay, there that could be there, sort of underneath the surface conflict, because Katari was after Sam, and if Julian's going to step in, and there could be some underlying complication, relational. Oh wise. yeah. Oh, that might still happen. Well, that might might still happen. However, yeah, Sam's blessing. Sam's not doing anything with well, that. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleeping. How, however, as the conversation started to go on. Julian now is like, wait a second. I'm not sure if I trust this woman because some of the things that were said just don't quite line up in the conversation, not metagaming at all. Julian at the first, when he mentioned the name, I can never remember how to pronounce, uh, Cotorara. Yeah. As soon as he said Cotorara, he's like, wait, that wasn't on her list. Oh, crap. Should I have mentioned that to her? And then she was like, oh, Cotorara. Tell me more about Cotorara. I was like, I thought you were not supposed to know about much about people outside of your five. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. And I put that in the notes that, yeah. that Katari showed interest yeah. outside of her circle. So that's why that's what Julian, at that point, if you notice, was... It was, he was very forthcoming of information yeah. up until that point. And then afterwards yeah. was like... All of Jerry Lane's information. <laughs> yes, your name. And the fact that... Well, the Ron Swanson. <laughs> but then but then every question after that, she was like, um, oh, contact Gaspar. He knows. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to give that information. Yeah. Though. It's like, mm-hmm. what if I just stepped in? <laughs> and then the other thing... As players, yeah, we kind of connected. In her, her meeting with Sam, said that it was Healing Hands that wanted to overthrow the yep. council, yep. and then to Julian, she said that it was the Fire Drakes that wanted to overthrow the council. No, it could be both. It could be both. Well, it could be. And both. it could just be that Healing Hands wants to replace it with the democracy, whereas uh, Fire Drakes wants to replace it with their own council or themselves. Um, so it, it could be that both are seeking the same goal with different replacement government. Typically, after you overthrow one government, it falls anarchy. But then there's that. There is the fact that she used the Slippery Weasel as a contact point and then yeah. covering her tracks, whether she is actually recruiting you for Gailing Hands or recruiting you for the Fire Drakes, Covering her tracks and blowing that up. That could be a possibility. Well, I have a theory about that. Is that the fire drinks blew that up because it was a recruiting point for healing hands. See, that was my thought. But so, And Gaspar knows that Katari recruited me. So because, Not beforehand, though, because you went no, to Gaspar. Afterwards saying, Katari recruited me. I need names from that crystal. So the question is, if Katari's dirty, she's a double agent. Yes. And that's the note we were passing around in the middle of the scene. I think it was after we had the revelation that she has told two different people yes. different things of who's and trying to overthrow the government. Yeah, it was right when uh, the, I can't remember the guy's name, but one of the guys I was interviewing mm-hmm. oh, mentioned the, that he talked to a young woman. The warrant officer. Yeah, the warrant officer. I said he talked to a woman who had a job opportunity for him. Yes, which was how... She approached you. Kind of, because I actually asked her more for, for more information. She approached me acting like it was for a date. Yeah. And then, you know, 
Well, it was more like by chance <clears throat> the guys ran into each other. Yeah. And then she revealed later, it's like, well, no, that's why I ran into you, mm-hmm. to offer you this. So, potentially, that could be the first of a series of <sighs> big bets. Yep. What if she's Toller's ex-wife? Oh, my gosh. <gasps> <laughs> could you lean into the mic a little bit more? <laughs> talking about throwing fuel on the fire. <laughs> Which would be good, because it didn't work out between the two yes. of us. Or did it... Did it actually work out if she's a double agent? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. And no, here's hey, and here's another thing. She already has met Chime. Briefly. Briefly. And here's another thing why I got it's like double agent. When I, Julian mentioned to her that it was Choler North as one of the key players, she didn't react one At bit. All. And she knows Chime North because not yeah. only briefly she knows that um, she agreed for Sam to bring Chime yeah. into the whole thing. Yep. She didn't react one bit and say, "Wait, there's Chime and there's Chola. They're North, both North." She didn't react one bit. So I was like, "Metagaming that should have had some reaction." Oh no. <laughs> or it could have been that Jordan's just really tired. Well, very well could yes. be. And he's taking all of our suggestions that we're saying right now and going to tie them into the story later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's one so, reason I love doing these commentary episodes because you yes, guys keep on saying stuff. It gives then, you ideas. And yes. we all get out of this happy and alive and wealthy and well. And that's the end of the story. Fire Drakes turn themselves in peacefully. <laughs> and the end. And we're on to the next campaign. <laughs> I don't, right. think, I don't think he's that tired. No. <laughs> you, you and what Prince Charming, Cinderella. Uh, I think one thing that we learned, because we had our first combat in this, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun, Jeff. Yeah. Your character is not built for combat. Not, so, no, uh, not at all. I don't know if any of our characters are built for combat. Well, mine is not built for combat, but okay at combat. My character is definitely built for investigation, but... Has got some pretty decent I mean, combat. I got 3D uh, and reflexes. Skills. I'm built for more stab you in the back and kill you in the middle of the My night. My character combat. has 4D and brawling and melee combat. I'm built for carrying you out of danger and healing you. I mean, my weakest attribute is my physique. Okay. And like that's a 2D. I have melee combat, but it's more like I said. And 4D and marksmanship. Oh, okay. And I do have so a gun. I have a gun and a baton. I have a gun. I have a gun and a knife, but it's and, and, and machete. The first time I'm hit, I'm down. Yeah, a gun would be really lethal. You might want to just spend character points and you know physique. You get ten, so that's ten. That's plus one right there. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm thinking the stage is set to bring the two groups of player yeah. characters mm-hmm. together. We're right. We're right there now. Julian has oh Sam, who he has already met. Is actually involved in this. And I'm as trying well. to remember if Julian asked Sam to contact him. If the, yes. Oops. <laughs> Julian did. Oops. Sam forgot. <laughs> or did she? It was the like the casual conversation after the fire. Yeah. It was it wasn't anything official. Right. Right. It right. was just exchanging of contact information. Contact information. So lessons learned for Jordan. Today was session two. Prepare session three pretty quickly. Um, like I felt like some, at some points we were like trying to get somewhere, 
like we were this close to having a really good moment and it just wasn't clicking for some reason. I still think there are really good moments yeah. uh, as far as if you think about it. I mean, we said with Terra Proximus yeah. that we wanted to set it up and to play like TV episodes. Yes. And I thought we had some moments in our session tonight where you could, I mean, the Aqua Rail yes. meeting, I could picture that. Mm-hmm how that was going down in my head as iconic exchanging of information for people between two people that are not supposed to have contacts with yeah. each other at all. And I mean, there were some scenes that really just felt kind of forced, like when uh, Cholik in Chime's house with the kids, but that was also a crucial thing no, to I see, the, see the kids do their thing. It was built off of uh, the concept from the lunch meeting where yeah. where Choler was like, oh, you should meet the kids at some point. Well, yeah. So I, don't, I didn't really feel like that one was in particular for us. I didn't think so either. No, I didn't either. I thought that one was, was good. And it also it, kind of... It was out like, of the blue is what it was. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like, oh, look, we're expecting this to happen. It was like, oh, well, yeah, That's this is going to happen. <laughs> and then there's kids with the banana. Yeah. That was creepy. Poor banana. <laughs> Cast iron probably didn't have too much damage. It maybe set a little rust where the banana mm-hmm. aged on it. But that was the deal... With what was going on in the the room with the safe in the Remember first episode. In, uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I room. thought you were talking about tonight. tonight. With, no, no. Uh, Sam in the room Sam with trying the to break into the like, file cabinets. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, Sam in the very oh. accurate security safe. That which <laughs> brings back another question that is still not answered yet. Who was that in oh, that yeah, room? The body. We have no idea. Yet. We have no idea. And was that someone that was there trying to stop it? Or someone that was there helping and something went wrong. My money's on someone who was helping and something went wrong. That's that's what I was thinking too. Ooh, and I like the throw-in of the GX35. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Which I'm still very intrigued by that whole thing. And the more I think about it, the more convoluted I think that situation is. That, okay, this compound is only to be used... For military purposes. And it acts as a, an accelerant. It acts, can, it can act as an accelerant. It has gone missing, but Julian knows that it is not actually being so. used in the fires. That is the cover story. But why would someone be trying to use a cover story that blames the military for something? When it's yeah. usually a cover story that absolves the military from something. Right. Sometimes it's better to say, oh, guys, we goofed, rather than, oh, guys, we lost it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the military does that a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I recently heard that it isn't people who plan better that win wars. It's people who mess up less that win wars. I like that. I like that a lot. And what I was going to say, or could it be a tactic of either organization that apparently – both organizations might be trying to overthrow mm-hmm. the government to paint all the government agencies in a bad light so mm-hmm. it is easier to do. So that's why they're trying to pin these fires on. That would make which, it easier. Which, which makes sense for the fire drakes. Right. They're the ones actually starting the fires and then pinning it on the, the government. Yeah. As this is something that you should have under control, but it's... You don't, obviously, because all these chemicals that are supposed to be only for government military use are being misused and starting 
having all these problems. Right. And there, or has it been stolen? That's the yeah. This other thing has it actually been stolen? It's really just in the back of some warehouse, and they keep forgetting to check it's, that it's warehouse. Lit, it's mislabeled. Can I borrow your pencil? <laughs> yeah, it's mislabeled somewhere. Jack's thirty-six. <laughs> that happens. That's not it. That happens way more often. Yes, I know. <laughs> that can't be it. Yes. That says GX thirty-six. Don't even look at it. <laughs> <laughs> or the five has accidentally been rubbed off or worn off with the sun or something, and. Oh no, this isn't the right, the same one. But it matches the chemical compound. The number's not the same. It's right next to the crate with the Ark of the Covenant. (laughs) (laughs) That warehouse is in Arizona. Right. The other warehouse. Is it in the underground warehouse underneath the Pentagon? That warehouse is intriguing to me. Throwing some more X Files into the mix there. Oh, I was like, I, I have no knowledge whatsoever. There's a lot of what's Pentagon. under the Pentagon. Like, like the Pentagon is <laughs> well, that that was the thing in the X Files is oh, where they okay. kept all the alien oh, that's records right, that's right, that's underneath right. the Pentagon. Yeah, I do remember that now. Okay. There's a whole underground city underneath DC. Pretty much, yeah. All right. <laughs> that's what that's what we get for living so close to DC, though. Is all these weird things that nobody wants to talk about. Yep. For the council. For the council. For the council. And with that, it sounds like a good place to end the episode. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Bone Growers Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater, and also you can look us up on Facebook. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.